0: because uh, it, when it, it just left to my own devices, I'm going to work all day, every mm. day, because one, it's what I'm so accustomed to doing. Yeah. Like, you spend years just grinding and working. Like, when you're not working, something's wrong. That's how I feel. But it took me getting married to say, okay, I need to try to wrap up by 5 o'clock, get home by 6. Mm. And what I realized is, when I had less time to be productive, I was more productive. hmm You know what I mean? Instead mm-hmm. of, like—because cause some people, they're going to quit their job, and they're like, yo, I'm going to grind all day. Yeah. But if you got—if you can build something in those windows of time— And, co- and
1: concentrate And then you're super, super heavy because
0: everything you're doing in that time
1: is intentional. You're not wasting a second because you got a hard stop or cutoff time, right? So— your three hours, your four hours or your five to six o'clock. You're going to go hard because you know you got a stopping point. Yeah. Right? Every still, second count.
0: Are you still actively, like, getting contracts, going for contracts? Yeah, man. We won uh,
1: two this month. So, so, so far already I won six this year. Really? Yeah. But they were so sourced. I didn't have to bid. They called me. They said, hey, mm. can you purchase this product for us? When did, like, start, hey. when did they
0: start? When did they start? When did they start calling you? Mm, probably like 2017. That was real pivotal. Gotcha. On 2017, yeah. Oh, so then you didn't really have to apply for no contracts. Right. Just, I don't got to bid no more. Now, if I bid, it's just to you know stay current. So when I'm teaching people, I, I That's got real time estimation. Yeah. I like the fact that you're still actively in the game because yeah. most people they will they're not in the game anymore. Right. They're just teaching. But from the fact they, that— They're talking from
1: yesteryear. Exactly. And that information ain't always up to date or valid. changes. Yeah, right? and it, it can't help me out today. So I, I speak a lot to the people that, you know, they got all these side hustles. They got all this stuff on the table, but they just like, you know what? I'm going to give this federal government contracting a try. Mm-hmm. And once they tap in, they're like, all right, I'm going to just do this now. Right,
0: right, you know right. So it's a good feeling. Man. So the, the, you said six contracts this year. Yeah. Uh, or in two this month. Yeah. Tell me about the one. two. Because you said they were talking about ordering a product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they wanted to order 150
1: iPads. It was something real light.
0: That's all I understand. Why don't they just call
1: Apple? <laughs> they lazy. That's what I be trying to tell people. The federal government lazy. They can do all this stuff themselves. However, they're mandated. That's this I call them lazy, but they're mandated to give small businesses, minorities, women-owned, service-disabled veterans. They're mandated to give us a certain percentage
0: of contracts. Are, are you minority certified? A minority. A woman-owned. Right? Is your wife 51%? No. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what you
2: about to say, bro? What you, you
1: about to say? So documentation got a re will, right? Documentation has the read will. So fifty one percent woman owned small business, minority, veteran owned. I was in the Coast Guard for uh, ten
0: years. Oh wow! Yeah. Yep. Do you have? Did you do that certification yourself? Because, bro, I've it's terrible, ain't it? Terrible. It's
1: terrible. Yes, I did it myself, but I'm good on the phone. I'm telling you, like I'm, I might like, just do it for me, bro. I'm amazing on the phone, so I had a lady on the phone the whole time I was filling the thing up, the whole time. Cause I was like, oh, I can't, I can't do this. I'm frustrated. I'm, I can't figure it out. Ooh. I'm like going in on her. She like, calm down. I'm gonna help you. I said,
0: are you going to help me for the duration? Like, right, I right, need right. you. Yeah. And she helped me. She helped me out. Do, that, do you give resources, like, in, like for your students on how to get that certification? Yeah, you, I have to, man, because,
1: all right, here's the first thing. I teach my students certifications don't win you contracts. Mm. I mean, that's just a fact. They don't win you contracts. However, comma, they do help you get into a smaller room to bid against less competition. Mm-hmm. Case-
3: it's being used. It's not private. Mm-hmm. So when the Snowden thing happened and I, and a number of people started chiming up and being like, oh my gosh, look what the government's doing and they're spying on us. We are not spying on you. I'm, you know, the, if the CIA, first of all, cannot spy on an American. They have to have permission to touch anything American-related, like U.S. SIT-related. The FBI can. That's their purview, right? Like, they are responsible. If the FBI is watching you, you're probably doing something wrong if you're doing something wrong and you're worried about your privacy, you should probably stop doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like right. if you're selling <clears throat> drugs and you're worried that your privacy is being invaded, you should probably stop selling drugs. Like mm-hmm. you're doing something wrong. Um, yeah. So it's and, and the CIA is not looking at you. I promise you, unless you are an undercover like Chinese intelligence officer Nobody's looking at your stuff. Nobody's listening to your phone calls. I promise.
4: Right. Well, w- wasn't his his overall reasoning for doing this was because of the so-called Patriot Act that was enacted after 9/11 was used and it was actually proven that they were taking transcripts and actually recording and li- and actively listening into like millions of Americans phone calls whether they had any sort of uh, any sort of reason to do it or not
3: right so think about like the easiest way to gather data right so like you have you have a giant bowl of M&Ms here right and i need to get like the green M&M that's in the middle like that's the one i'm interested in, is that green right. M&M in the middle right i'm not going to like Be able to dig through and find that little green M&M. The fastest way for me to do it is to scoop up your entire bowl of M&Ms and then sift it through a filter, a software program. Right. Sift it through until my filter, my software program pops up that green M&M that I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Like that's the most efficient way to do it is to do giant grabs. I'm not really looking for the red M&M or the yellow M&M. I don't care about the brown M&M. Like none of that really matters to me. I'm looking for this one thing. And the best way for me to get it is to just do a grab all and sift through it. Like I'm not actually listening. Like nobody's listening to all those conversations. Think about like millions of conversations there are not people out there just listening to conversations. It's not, you know, like like I said before, right? It's How does an it work? office they- with cubicles. <laughs> like like office workers.
4: Is it you know? is it some sort of like AI that's basically like scanning all of these phone calls and text messages looking for keywords or what is it?
3: So I so I, I couldn't talk about it even if I knew about it, <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that, you know, the analysis is done by analysts, human beings, right? Okay. So data, data collection is done the way any company would do data collection, right? I mean, it's just a different, a different style, but like Google collects your data, like Apple collects your data, tons of people collect your data. It's all done the same way, right? It's all pulling tons of data. In the end, it's a person, me or somebody else that's going through that individually, you know, eight and a half hours every weekday looking for connections, looking for information. You know, there's there's not time like we are very focused, right? Like we know who we want and we know how to get there. We are not just idly listening you know it's not like when you flip through youtube and you're just idly watching people it's not that like we have a job
4: isn't it also true that we haven't caught any terrorists through the patriot act by by tapping people's phone calls
3: Hmm. i do not know the answer to that question okay and and i will say
4: that Aiden, maybe you could Google it. Maybe find some uh, fake article,
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: some fake Russian article. <laughs> well, I will
3: say that I'm not. I'm not a uh,
4: uh, terrorists caught through the Patriot Act or tapping American phone calls, something like that.
3: Yeah, and I will say that I'm not. I'm not saying that something shouldn't have been done about the Patriot Act, right? Mm. The Patriot Act was something that came out of Mm 9-11 for a specific purpose. And I think things like that, oftentimes, right, because it was broad. So because it was broad and already in use, it's easier to just kind of keep it there. Yeah. So I'm not saying that shouldn't have been reviewed Mm -hmm. because I think that, you know, a policy, particularly if a policy comes out of like a time of war That needs to be reviewed, right? Like, is it still meeting the purpose? Can we narrow it, right? So that's why I say, you know, I support whistleblowing, right? I support reviewing things that are already in practice because, you know, maybe something that was okay the first three years after 9-11 you know, isn't okay 10 years down the road. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's unnecessary. Maybe it's reaching too far. Maybe you do a review and you find out that it's not serving its purpose. You're not actually catching terrorists, right? I mean, the information, even if it wasn't carrying, you know, capturing terrorists probably was good for other forms of intelligence that nobody's talking about Mm. because nobody cares, um doesn't have as much of a like impact when you talk about other forms of intelligence right but yeah
4: i guess i mean the the hard part to to deal with is the fact that they use something like 911 and the the clever marketing of calling it the quote patriot act
5: Hell, nigga, fuck you, nigga. Think y'all gonna skirt me and tell me about what y'all gonna do to me? You'll rape my mama. That's been fuck you, Muslim, nigga. You niggas been pedophile for the longest. You niggas been pedophile as long as your religion been in existence, nigga. You niggas been fucking babies and boys and goats and, and 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 queers as long as Islam been in religion, bitch. I, I used to be one of you niggas, and I, and I refused to stop eating pork, so I said, fuck you niggas. Cause I, listen, I sold barbecue four years ago, and the Muslim niggas used to come through playing like they can taste pork. So one day... I cut the motherfucking chopped beef with pulled pork and served it to Muslim niggas, unbeknownst to them. They didn't know they was eating pork. They was chewing that motherfucking pork. Them motherfucking Muslims can't tell when they taste the motherfucking pork. So I sold them niggas pork for all summer long. Yeah, nigga, now sue me. Yeah, I sold pork. So I cut and chopped beef with pulled pork all summer long and not one goddamn Muslim could tell the difference. Because all them bitches is sneaking and eating pork. Or if they ain't eating pork, they suck pussy so they taste buds is thrown off to the pork. Yeah, them, yeah I, I, I felt good sneaking and selling them niggas $10 chopped beef sandwiches with that pool pork cut up in it, nigga. Straight disrespecting you, niggas. Yeah, get mad about that, nigga. I did that five years ago. Bitch ass nigga. Yeah going try to skirt me on the internet all you niggas trying to skirt me on the internet catch a plane nigga and show up in person and make everybody in the city say say them niggas out of new york city looking for you nigga say it's some niggas out of california asking about you do that nigga bad motherfucker make farrakhan have a million man march down here he ain't done nothing in the wild no way for he getting too old anyway yeah, he getting too old. And Facebook don't wanna hit a motherfucker. Y'all don't know what to do, you can't listen to him. Yeah, we sick of that old nigga anyway. We wanna hear from NBA Youngboy. Don't nobody wanna hear shit from Farrakhan. We wanna hear from Fugiano. We don't wanna hear shit from no goddamn Muslim nigga. You niggas can't rap. <laughs> yeah. You niggas stick to provide security at the funerals. And, and shaking down rappers. But don't nobody wanna hear shit no nigga talking about thumping no Quran. Nigga, we wanna hear from, look baby, we don't wanna hear from you bitch ass Muslim So shut up, Farrakhan. Don't go inside and talk. Don't come out here and talk. It's a new day, Farrakhan. And don't nobody wanna hear no shit about no spaceship. Go come rescue all us niggas. If a spaceship come right now, I ain't getting on no motherfucking spaceship with no Muslim niggas. I don't trust no Muslim. Money didn't trust you nigga. I don't trust no nigga that don't eat bacon. And all our life we was trained and brought up to eat bacon. Any nigga don't eat bacon and suck pussy is an oxymoron to me. Period. Point blank. I go give up bacon instead of putting up motherfuck head between the whole leg and suck a pussy. Nigga, fuck you, nigga. Now all you niggas do it. All you Muslim niggas do go it. Go quit the Pope and suck the pussy. You stupid. You dumb. You ignorant. Yeah. Fuck you. And fuck your religion, nigga. Yeah. Nigga, it's funny to me. It's funny to me, (laughs) yeah, and I don't believe none of you niggas is bad enough to come do nothing to me and let the world see that y'all pussies to the white boy. Y'all didn't do nothing for Tamir Rice, y'all didn't do nothing for Breonna Taylor. You bitch ass niggas, Muslim niggas didn't do nothing for Breonna Taylor. Y'all didn't do nothing for Eric Garner. Y'all let the white boy choke the big old nigga out. The big old nigga got his hands up. He's supposed to be throwing elbows. Get off me, nigga. Big as he was, he let the little bitty white boy jump on his back. Them ain't the kind of niggas we is now. Them ain't the kind of niggas we are. We ain't just laying now. George Floyd is in Indianapolis. He just laid there and let the nigga put his knee on his neck. Nigga fishes flop out of water. You ever seen a fish when you get it in the boat? He flopping like a motherfucker. He wanna get back in the water. Fuck that nigga didn't want to Don't feed that nigga. Oh. <laughs> They showed the whole video. I saw the nigga swallow dope. The white folk one line on that nigga, the nigga had fentanyl in the system. That's a dope fiend, ain't it? The nigga died with fentanyl in the system. And the best thing could have happened to him is for him to die, the nigga left his daughter 20 million. That nigga could have lived to be 100 years old. He wouldn't have been able to leave his daughter 20 million. He couldn't have never been able to leave his pretty little daughter 20 million. They done that baby a favor. He wasn't shit, the nigga was in and out of jail. The nigga kicked in a door, boom. That nigga kicked in a motherfucking door and put a gun to a black woman's belly while she was pregnant, robbing them. How you know that ain't his fate? He wasn't trying to redeem that. He went to making porn with white bitches. The nigga was a porn star with white bitches. So let me tell you something, Stack Five, Basketball playing ass nigga. Big old tall nigga. Fuck your brother nigga. And fuck you too nigga. Say, listen. If he was your brother or he was your nigga, what in the fuck that nigga was doing downtown in Indianapolis with a fake $20 bill? You must have loved that nigga that much. Nigga, I got some people I can go get $20 for, nigga. And I ain't got to go try to pass no $20 bill with no dope fiend nigga and no dope fiend bitch.
2: Or started the process or whatever. Now's the best time in the world to go in and make a deal and patch things back up with the bank. Okay? All right, now's the and,
6: time. All right. Uh, the, um, what was I going to say? That, that well, the three, one of the properties might be going, let's say, what happens if it, if it goes through a foreclosure? What should I do
2: from there? Well, then you got to try to fight the foreclosure, and she ain't got to have much of a leg to stand on because all this happened before the COVID. Listen, right. whatever the case, the point is this. You're going to get a lot further trying to play with the bank than fight with the bank all right now's the time now's the perfect time to go in there and make a deal there could be some kind of assistance available for her the bank might be able to give her a sweetheart deal and refinance it if there's equity in the house uh they might require you to put some money up whatever you gotta go in and make a deal it's not nothing's gonna nothing good's gonna happen Let him sit there if you want. I don't care. Let him sit there if you want. Anyway, the (laughs) point is we got a two-year-old here. Um, The point is you got to get in there and make a deal. And you know when you have a problem, you have to fix it. All right. That's 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 all there is to it. You need to get a hold of both of those banks and saying, okay, you know, my aunt's elderly. I'm here to try to work with you. You know, bring her with you or get her permission. Whatever it is, get in there and find out what's the best deal the bank is willing to make her right now. All right? Now, do it. Don't waste oh, no time. It's a perfect Those time. Those three
6: properties are worth for about $3 million. Holy shit, how she much does she owe? How much does <you laughs> she owe? She owes about almost close to whatever the value is because she took money out of the house. So, is there any equity in it? How much does she owe? Does she owe $3 million? Maybe like two and a half. million. Well, what you doing
2: Maybe. all the damn
6: money? Where'd all the money go? Um, I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> I wish you told me.
2: You don't know where $2 million bucks went. <laughs> anyway, listen. You know, is she, is she your aunt? It's my grandmother. Your grandmother. All right, you gotta step in and take control. This, it is what it is. Listen, you know, you, you go to the bank and say, "Listen, I, I want to hear help my grandmother." You know, she went through rough times, whatever. I don't know. But you don't have to explain. Just say, "What's the best deal you guys can make us?" Let's cut to the bullshit. What's the best deal? How old's your grandmother? Sixty-eight. All right. Tell them, listen. My grandmother's almost seventy years old. Yeah, I'm here to help you guys and help her. Is what? What can we do? What's the best deal you can put on the table to clean up this situation?
6: All right, that's where you go. Excuse me. That's where you got to start. All right. The, the issue too is nobody's paying the rent too.
2: Well, who's living there? The whole family. Who's living in the houses?
6: Oh, uh, whole families. Yeah, like three. Well, well, the one is like a three fam. No, more, all three are three family ones. Listen,
2: right now there's plenty of assistance available for anybody to go get help with their rent. So all three of those houses, whoever they are. Should be going and getting some help and pay her some rent money for living there. She needs to go cut a deal with the bank and get it, because otherwise you're going to lose that half a million dollars worth of equity. All right? Right, right. You Mm got to go cut Mm -hmm. a deal with the bank, and everybody that's living in the damn house has to stop paying rent. All right? You got to clean up the mess. It's a mess. And you got to step in and clean it up. It's worth 500 grand for you to go in there and clean up grandma's mess could be worse. A big mess. <laughs> it could be worse. You could be in diapers. Then you'd really be cleaning up your <laughs> messes. All right, get in there and yeah. clean the mess up. All right, you can do it. You're a smart guy. Get in there. Get on the phone with the banks. Make a deal. Tell everybody living in the house. Are you living in one of those houses? Tell the truth. Don't lie. No, no, no. Okay, not. listen. Tell everybody in the houses. Listen, you got to pay rent. All right, if you don't pay rent, then you got to go and I got to find somebody to pay rent. You're going to lose the freaking houses. Grandma's going to lose the houses if you don't pay rent. She's going to pay the bank. The bank's going to take the house, and then she's going to dog off a bit. She passes away, and we get nothing. So, anyway, clean up the mess, all right? Get in there and do it. You can do it. All right?
6: Thank you. Thank you. All right. Good you. luck yep, to you. Take you got care. It. Thanks. What, also, also, Ben, let me tell you something. Where's your, I never see your wife, Carla. I don't know,
2: I don't know, she's busy, she, you know, my wife's going through a rough time right now, I don't want to get too personal, but, you know, she had to take on two other children in her life to take care of, and, you know, she's really a great person for doing that, she's taking on two other kids that are, you know, family kids, but, you know, it's a lot, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, She's got a hands full. She's got, this kid's going here, this kid's got to go here. You know, she's going to, you know, different places, daycare, got to go to sports, whatever. But she'll be around. Hey, at least she's home home every night. That's all I care about. As long as she's home every night, I'm happy. And she cooks (laughs) dinner every night, I'm good. Otherwise, thanks yeah, for asking, yeah. and uh, take care. Good You're luck to you. need that
6: dinner, Ben. I yeah. don't know what's happening with the gym. <laughs>
2: yeah, I know. Right now, I'm so depressed I can't even pay attention. But uh, all right, well, good luck to you. Clean the mess up. Get Grandma straightened out. And get that money. We'll do, Ben. All right, good Thank luck. Bye, bye. Thanks. What else you got? Anything else? Gotcha. Grandma's in trouble. Uh, Eight years so without paying. Crazy. Crazy. Man, how much money she saved on eight years of $2.5 million and the rate was probably six or seven, eight years ago, or six or five. Holy macaroni. But, hey, you can always work a deal out. You know, banks will make deals with you. They don't want the houses. By the time the banks get done with it, $500,000 over three houses, about $150,000 each house worth of equity. By the time they foreclose on her, go through all the bullshit with the brokers, try to sell a house... Go through the courts, it's not working for them. It's better for the bank to make a deal, it's better for her to make a deal. What do you got? Anything?
4: Nothing. Yeah, David G, the $5.
7: This. You're supposed to do- Never came across this motherfucking video. Nigga got me mad like this, you faggot motherfucking bitch. That's what you is, Charleston White. That's what the fuck you is, nigga. Okay, how many times I got to make videos about your bitch ass, nigga? How many times I got to check your bitch ass? I told you, motherfucker, to watch what the fuck you say, you dumb motherfucker. Bitch ass nigga. I don't agree with no motherfucking nation of Islam. The reason why I don't agree with them. Because they don't believe the same thing that the regular Muslims believe. They are not Sunni. Okay. They don't believe what we believe. They don't believe in life after death. They don't believe in judgment day nigga. The Quran says clearly talks about judgment day. And warned you of judgment day motherfucker. All these books warn a judgment day. Okay. Now you sitting here taking a risk, talking about God and saying that he don't exist when you don't know what the fuck is out there in the motherfucking universe, you dumb motherfucker. Okay? You ain't been on this motherfucking earth, nigga, no more than 40 or 50 years, you old dope fiend looking motherfucker. Probably younger than me. I'm about to be 50 motherfucking years old, nigga, and your ass looks 65, motherfucker. thin ass motherfucker talking all that motherfucking shit. If I don't got nothing good to say about somebody, I'm not going to say nothing at all. If somebody come at me and they got a problem with your bitch ass, then I got to come back and check your dumb ass again. Until you listen to what the fuck people are saying about your stupid ass nigga.
5: Remember, we was taught by niggas. What you think niggas used to do when they served white folk? What you think niggas used to do when they served white people, homie, when they was in them kitchens by themselves? And them white folks sitting out there, you think them folks wasn't spitting in their drinks and their food and shit just to get back at them? So I don't trust them people, homie. I see how they treat us. So i want to be, you think I'm going to be comfortable to go in there and let them people cook behind her and not let me see it? And they so good, homie. They can duplicate <clears throat> anything. They can, they can, they can make a bootleg Gucci. They can make anything, nigga. They can make a human. They so smart and sharp. So if you think they can't make rat taste like chicken, if you think them people can't make rat taste like chicken, human meat tastes like pork. They have bought over eighty percent of America's beef and chicken processing plants. The fuck would they do that for? Why would America sell their beef and their chicken processing plants to China, homie? Them people take our food and send it back to their country and then send it back to us.
1: Before you ask anybody for one thing, make sure you give 10 and be proactive. So many times people, oh, if you need me that just let me know I'm coming. No, say, yo, I'm here. What you need me to do? Mm, I like that. And and be intentional about your relationships. Every last thing you do should be intentional. You shouldn't leave your house unless it aligns with your goals. No matter who you're dealing with, it has to make sense. That's the only way you can trim the fat. I say, I I would rather throw away 100 pennies to get four quarters. Surround yourself around quality people that's going to help you get to your mission, who think like you, who move like you, who's going to make sure they push you and motivate you. Because sometimes who's going to motivate the motivator. So you got to have those people that's going to be a cheerleader. So when shit hit the fan, you got somebody that's going to support you. When your back is against the wall, you have people that's going to jump and defend you, and just go at it, man. Don't give up to get what you what you need and what you're looking for. You know the day that you gave up could have been the day that you made it. Wow,
0: I love it, man. Listen, you can't close out a podcast no more no better than that. Listen, man, go follow my brother spectacular man, do me a favor. Go get you some social proof. I want you to go build something, okay? Lock in. Be consistent. Be persistent. Focus on your relationships. This is one of those podcasts you probably need to just listen to for the whole month, okay? Just listen to it because there's so many uh, gems being dropped. So go get you some social proof, okay? Go build something, and I want you to uh, come back to the community and teach them how you did it. We are out of here. Peace. What if I told you for one dollar, I will introduce you to hundreds of entrepreneurs every single morning this week from all across the country? You'll be able to talk to hundreds of entrepreneurs and I'll coach you. I'll coach you for a dollar this whole week. And I'll introduce you to some of my successful friends for a dollar this week. Would you? Would you take part in that? Well, go to themorningmeetup.com because that's exactly what we're doing here, okay? The only organization that gathers entrepreneurs every single day for the betterment of entrepreneurship, okay? Every single day, Monday through Friday, we gather, we're growing, we're learning. We got a book club. Have you ever seen hundreds of entrepreneurs reading the same book? Every single chapter, every single day, we're growing together, okay? You need the environment to grow in. Themorningmeetup.com. A dollar. I'm gonna give you all this for a dollar. If you wanna stay, great. It's $79 a month after that. If not, no obligation. You can leave whenever you want. All right? Themorningmeetup.com. I'll see you in the morning.
5: I ain't I ain't got no leader. I come from some old niggas, don't heard nothing Farrakhan got to say. And I ain't never heard him say kill no white person, huh? Now I don't promote killing in nobody, but nigga, I done participated in some things. <laughs> I done participated in some things, nigga. And what I participated in and what we were doing to white people who we thought was our enemy, based on what we heard the old niggas say, man. I don't hear Farrakhan or no other person talk like that. They ain't really mad at white folk. So I'm saying, oh, man, he talk good for them jailhouse niggas that don't have no identity as no man. I don't speak Arabic. I don't know now slave that did. I told you I can trace my name back to the plantation. And I talked to people that were born in the 30s, in the 40s, right now today. The and they say, no, nah, man, we don't wanna hear nothing them niggas talking about with no Quran.
1: So, you know, what changed for you? Like, cause you say you was practicing.
5: Yeah, yeah, I was Muslim. So, I didn't wanna stop eating pork. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. a Muslim who never quit eating pork. Yeah I, <laughs> yeah, I snuck and ate it for a while. And since I was the gang leader, I said, "Fuck it, yeah, nigga." I ate pork in front of them niggas. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, they came. They had a pizza party one time, and 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 them niggas had an all cheese pizza that was Muslim, and that motherfucking pepperoni and sausage. X A.
1: <laughs> yes, go get it, right? Or, man, I got we got this project. You know, this looks great. What do you think about it? Or, hey, Speck, um, this was wrong and this was wrong. I don't know what to do next. What do you think we should do next? So all of that goes out the window. It's, no, this is what I tried. I tried this, this, and this, and this works now. Just letting you know.
0: Or I tried this, this, and this, and it, I'm stuck now. I'm but you're stuck. more satisfied because we went through some innovations of trying to figure this thing out. Right.
1: I'm stuck, and this is the solution I'm thinking of. If you come to me with a problem, you should be coming with, to me with a solution. Don't come to me with, with any problem without a solution. Oh,
0: golly, this is heavy. And I just realized that I haven't been focused on speed, me personally. Speed By is course everything. And I shot the course. it's pretty much done. It's just you know not it, it's done now, and uh we're we're getting ready to release it, but it was supposed to be ready for black Friday you mm-hmm. know well, it was supposed to be ready in like April, yeah, I shot the joint it was i shot it, it was supposed to be ready like April May, then it was supposed to be ready for Black Friday, then it was supposed to be ready for Christmas, then it was supposed to be ready for the first of the year. But I haven't been focused on speed. You would have been fired a long time ago. I would have had to fire myself. (laughs) Because it's like the funnel people and the emails and all that kind of
1: stuff. No, I'm being literal. You got to fire yourself. You're holding yourself back. That's the issue. You got to put somebody in place, leave them accountable, give them a deadline, and tell them they need to make it happen. It would have got done a long time ago. I need
0: to focus on speed, bro.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Dang, this is good. Building your team out. Because if you build your team out and you leave them accountable for it, then they have to make the deadline. It won't keep dragging. It's only dragging because you're the owner. You're the CEO. So you can drag your own stuff and not be accountable for it. Or you can just get an accountability partner. That's another game changer. And put money on it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You ain't going to lie to yourself. You get your accountability partner every single week, Tuesday at 12 p.m. Pacific time zone. Get on the call. You're going to talk about relationships, your, your, your relationship. You're going to talk about health. You're going to talk about learning in your business. Those are the four things you're going to talk about. And out of those four things, you need to put a dollar amount on what's, what whatever is the most important. And if that course is that, then... You need to put $100, $200, whatever's going to make you move. You need to be accountable. How you be accountable? You got to lose something. That's how you move. Yeah, big facts.
0: Oh, Mm -hmm. my gosh. All right, so so tell me about the Academy and why you built it. Right, so the reason
1: why I built the Academy is because Every successful business is solving a problem. And I feel, after having numerous of conversations with people who went to college, college is literally scamming people. Mm-hmm. It's set up like a scam. We're going to give you information that you don't believe in, Because if you believed in it, you have a money-back guarantee. What do you buy without a guarantee? There ain't one thing other than school that you will buy with no guarantee. Mm. I have a product. The product is the school information. If you believe in it, say, yo, this don't work for you, you. Get your money back. That leave them accountable to making sure that's A1, right? Making sure they put accountability behind the information they teach teaching. Right. It makes it better that way. You have more success stories. And I think if a professor knows a book from the front cover to the back cover, then why he ain't in the Rolls Royce? Why he ain't in the brand new Tesla? Why he ain't like... Why he's struggling if he, he if he know everything, so that shows that that information in that book ain't everything, and if millions of people graduate every single year, why it's not millions of more men more millionaires based on the graduates? I ask in my training, I do a training whenever I do my training. I said my training, do you think college was worth your investment? I would say 100% of the time, I get like 99%. Hell no. <laughs> so what I decided to do was, I decided to do something about it. I'm not a talker. I don't really talk much. And even, like, people was like, oh, Speck, you work in silence, or you, like, you move in silence. When I don't try to work in silence, Mm -hmm. move in silence. It's just, like, I just, I'm just straight to it, like, let's Mm -hmm. go. So that was a problem. So I wanted to do something about it instead of just talking about it. So I went and created my my own business school. So, all right, I created my business school. I preach. Never reinvent the wheel. Successfully breadcrumbs. Yeah. That's what it is. So I went to Harvard. So I was like, oh, everybody all, you know, geeked up about this. You went to Harvard? I went to Harvard. You know that? That thing was everywhere. I don't know. Whatever. But yeah, I went to Harvard. But I went to Harvard. He was smart,
8: yo. I knew
1: it. Man, this man is crazy. <laughs> I went so
8: I went to Harvard. Unbelievable. Right, that they managed to kind of resuscitate themselves and transform themselves. But they had, they might be uh, sui generis. You know, it's maybe they were just in such an unusual position and had, were so deeply rooted in so many parts of the world and had such a deep bench that that was possible. But the rule is you don't get to. It's not going to last longer than a generation or so. Maybe that's, maybe part of the answer is that's fine as long as you don't think about Google, as long as you think about you, right? So um, years ago, I remember doing this. It's the first time I, this was hit home to me. Um, I went to Rochester, and in Rochester... In uh, used to be a high-technology hub, right? Kodak, uh, Xerox, & Loam. But one of the biggest employers in Rochester, high-tech employers in the 1960s was uh, General Dynamics, I think General Dynamics, one of the big defense contractors. They employed vast numbers of engineers, and they basically their business model implodes after the Vietnam War. And they shut down their operations in Rochester and moved away. And everyone said, oh my God, it's over, right? One of the biggest employers in town has folded. And what happened if you went back 10 years later was you discovered that the talent that left, that was kicked out of General Dynamics, went on to start so many startups in Rochester that they sparked a whole second wave that ended up, Actually being um, in terms of employment and income brought into the city greater than the benefit general dynamics had had risen, in other words, so Google may f- fall one day, probably will, but you won 't you will all guys will all hopefully many of you will go on and do other incredibly cool things because of what you in part what you learned while you were here. So you, you can look at it two ways. There's a pessimistic view, but there's also a view that says, no, it's part of the natural cycle. You probably don't want to be working at Google. Am I? Is this horrible <laughs> to say? Um, 25 years from now. You know, you, and nor does society want you to be If if this company doesn't, Evolve in dramatic. Maybe it will. I mean, I'm just using Google as a stand-in for. Let's use another company. Let's say. Let's say. Microsoft. I mean, at this point, would the world be better off if Microsoft disappeared tomorrow? Yeah. How many? How many unbelievably talented people are trapped working on the umpteenth version of Word? Right. Like that's not a good use of 150 IQ points. Um, so I don't, you know, I would, I'd be, I would be less, um, I'd be more kind of sanguine about this problem than you might be at the moment. Awesome, thank you. <laughs>
4: I can't think of a better note to end on. So.
5: I challenge any grown man, homie, on this internet talking, nigga. Produce th- this how you separate the man from the boy, niggas. Get out them corners. Take that camera out that corner and flip around. Let's see how you niggas living, homie. For you to have so much, see, this is what make me such a bad motherfucker. And I, I yeah, I pat myself on the back. See, because I can stand on this shit, my nigga. All the shit that I'm saying, I can stand on. I can pull you news articles. Man, I've been doing this. Man, let's come over here and do this. Come, I can do that. They can't, homie. They got to put themselves in front of the camera and talk for drama. I'm talking for change. It's just I got a bunch of niggas bringing a bunch of drama to me. I came to the internet positive. But I got so much hate on the internet, nigga, I'm going to reflect what's before me. I'm gonna reflect what's before me, nigga. And you think I'm gonna get an internet, the real me? They gonna
8: keep getting this goddamn character that they tuned in, they'll never get the real me. Because you have no incentive from 2 to 98 to try anything new, right? Your instinct is just to play the game the way the game is supposed to be played. So had his girls been even a little bit better, they would have been worse off, right? So, so you're saying we should be as bad as we can be. Well, (laughs) I'm saying that there are there are situations where being bad is highly advantageous. Um, And you know, if you read, I don't go into this in the book, but if you've read, you know, Innovator's Dilemma, that's what Innovator's Dilemma is all about, right? The disruptive outsider is the one who is incapable of meeting the marketplace needs as the market is traditionally defined. They can't do it, right? So what do they do? They, they try a completely new half-assed approach, which in the beginning doesn't work, right? But by that very nature of trying something completely outside the mainstream, they end up upending the, um, were they any good, they would never be forced to do that. Um, so it's the same kind of principle. Uh, One of the things that you talk about in the book uh,
4: which hinders your chance of improving your success is something that uh, you say that we are all susceptible to, uh, and the acronym that you use is EICD, Elite Institution Cognitive Disorder. (laughs) Tell us about that. that Because that's
8: something I'm sure we
4: don't know anything about. (laughs) I
8: I gave a talk on this at the Google Zeitgeist Conference, and because I was having fun with it, I invented the acronym for the conference. It's not actually in the book. Um, Elite uh, Institution Cognitive Disorder is the mistaken (laughs) belief that attending the most elite institution you can get into is always in your best interest. This is false. Um, There are a number of many, many situations where it is not in your best interest to go to, for example, the best school you can get into, but rather it's in your best interest to go to, at the very most, your second choice and probably, ideally, your third or fourth choice. Um, The reason is as follows, that the best predictor of success in a highly competitive environment, like, for example, law school, or more relevant, the one I use in my book is uh, getting a STEM degree, getting a science and math degree. So we, science and math education at the university level is marked by dropout rates that are north of 50%. Most people who try to get a science and math degree fail, right? So the question is, what is the, if you would like to get a science and math degree, what is the optimal strategy? And the optimal strategy is not to go to your best, best school you get into. Why? Because the best predictor of success in getting a degree is not your absolute level of intelligence, but your relative level of intelligence. It's your class rank, it's your rank relative to your peers in your class, not your SAT score or your IQ. So you wanna basically, anyone who, uh, the, the, if you fall in the bottom third of your class, your chances of dropping out uh, rise astronomically. So you should basically follow a strategy that minimizes your chances of falling in the bottom third of your class. What does that mean? Don't go to a good school, <laughs> right? now. What's fascinating about this, the the amazing thing about this is that we appear to have consistently undervalued the psychological costs of um, uh, finishing in the bottom half of any competitive situation. In other words, what we overvalue is the prestige of the institution. And what we undervalue is the cost to you of not succeeding at that institution. And so there's a beautiful illustration of this in this study that was done of economics PhDs. So what we do is we take the top 30 PhD programs in economics in America, and we break the students down by their, how they ranked in their class, um, in their graduate class. And then we look at their publication rate six years out of attaining their PhD. These are those who take the academic route. So in, a, in, a, in something like economics, we use your publication rate as a, the number of journals of papers you get accepted by prestigious journals is used as a proxy for your success as an economist, right? What do we find when we look at that? What we find is the ninety fifth percentile student at Harvard, Stanford, Princeton, MIT, et cetera, publishes a lot of papers, as you would expect, they're brilliant. But the drop the off from the 95th to the 80th percentile is astronomical, and by the time you get to the middle of the, cl- of the PhD class at elite schools, they're not publishing at all, right? In fact, the 95th percentile student at the worst PhD program you can find will publish more and be a more successful economist than the 75th percentile student at Harvard, MIT and Stanford. Now that is, there are many explanations for that but the most parsimonious explanation is it is so traumatic and humiliating and overwhelming to be in an elite program and see a handful of people just beat the crap out of you, that you are permanently impaired. <laughs> the other, the, and my message at Google Zeitgeist was that, the, that I think the logical response to this line of reasoning is that you should hire only on the basis of class rank and not on the basis of institution In other words, you should have Don't Ask, Don't Tell uh, when it comes to the name of your services every motherfucking Friday.
5: You niggas ain't no real motherfucking Muslim till you can put a bomb on your back and one of you niggas blow your ass up. Nigga, them the real motherfucking Muslim. And till you niggas blow your ass up, fuck you niggas. I ain't scared of now motherfucking Muslim that's part of a Muslim group and they ain't on the white boys terrorist list over there in Cuba at the Guantanamo Bay facility. Yeah, you niggas go to federal prison. Fuck you niggas. All you niggas went to federal prison did what that white boy said do And you nigga cry like a motherfucker In that federal penitentiary system nigga And you left your kids behind here I ain't never left my kids out here With this big old dick nigga Yeah nigga Fuck you nigga Thank y'all gonna scare me And tell me about what y'all gonna do to me You rape my mama That's been fucked you Muslim, nigga You nigga been pedophile For the longest. <laughs> You niggas been pedophile as long as your religion been in existence, nigga. You niggas been fucking babies and boys and goats and and, and, and and queers as long as Islam been in religion, bitch. I, I used to be one of you niggas, and I, and I refused to stop eating pork, so I said fuck you niggas, because I, listen, I sold barbecue four years ago. And the Muslim niggas used to come through playing like they can taste pork. So one day, I cut the motherfucking chopped beef with pulled pork and served it to Muslim niggas, unbeknownst to them. They didn't know they was eating pork. They was chewing that motherfucking pork. Them motherfucking Muslims can't tell when they taste the motherfucking pork. So I sold them niggas pork for all summer long. Yeah, nigga, now sue me. Yeah, I sold pork. So I cut the chopped beef with pulled pork all summer long and not one goddamn Muslim could tell the difference. Because all them bitches is sneaking and eating pork. Or if they ain't eating pork, they suck pussy so they taste buds is thrown off to the pork. Yeah, them, yeah I, I, I felt good sneaking and selling them niggas $10 chopped beef sandwiches with that pool pork cut up in it, nigga. Straight disrespecting you, niggas. Yeah, get mad about that, nigga. I did that five years ago. Bitch ass nigga. Yeah go try to skirt me on the internet all you niggas trying to skirt me on the internet catch a plane nigga and show up in person and make everybody in the city say say them niggas out of new york city looking for you nigga say it's some niggas out of california asking about you do that nigga bad motherfucker make farrakhan have a million man march down here he ain't done nothing in the wild no way for he getting too old anyway yeah, he getting too old. And Facebook don't want to hear the motherfucker. Y'all don't know what to do. You can't listen to him. Yeah, we sick of that old nigga anyway. We want to hear from NBA Youngboy. Don't nobody want to hear shit from Farrakhan. We want to hear from Fugiano. We don't want to hear shit from no goddamn Muslim, nigga. You niggas can't rap. <laughs> yeah. You niggas stick to provide security at the funerals and, and shaking down rappers. But don't nobody want to hear shit no nigga talking about thumping no Quran. Nigga, we want to hear from, look, baby. We don't want to hear from you bitch ass Muslim, niggas. So shut up, Farrakhan. Don't go inside and talk. Don't come out here and talk. It's a new day, Farrakhan, And don't nobody want to hear no shit about no spaceship go come rescue all us niggas. If a spaceship come right now, I ain't getting on no motherfucking spaceship with no Muslim niggas. I don't trust no Muslim. Money didn't trust you nigga. I don't trust no nigga that don't eat bacon. And all our life we was trained and brought up to eat bacon. Any nigga don't eat bacon and suck pussy is an oxymoron to me. Period, point blank. I nigga go give up bacon instead of putting up motherfucking head between the whole leg and suck her pussy. Nigga, fuck you, nigga. Now all you niggas do it. All you Muslim niggas do go it. Go quit the pole and suck the pussy. You stupid. You dumb. You ignorant. Fuck you. And fuck your religion, nigga. Yeah, nigga, it's funny to me. It's funny to me, (laughs) yeah, and I don't believe none of you niggas is bad enough to come do nothing to me and let the world see that y'all pussies to the white boy. Y'all didn't do nothing for Tamir Rice. Y'all didn't do nothing for Breonna Taylor. You bitch-ass niggas, Muslim niggas, didn't do nothing for Breonna Taylor. Y'all didn't do nothing for Eric Garner. Y'all let the white boy choke the big old nigga out. The big old nigga got his hands up. He's supposed to be throwing elbows. Get off nigga. Bigger than he was, he let the little of white boy jump on his back. Them ain't the kind of nigga we is down. Here. Them ain't the kind of niggas we are? We ain't just laying now. George Floyd is in Indianapolis. He just laid there and let the nigga put his knee on his neck. Nigga fishes flop out of water. You ever seen a fish when you get him in the boat? He flopping like a motherfucker. He wanna get back in the water. Fuck that nigga didn't want to leave. <laughs> Dope fiend ass <add> nigga. Oh. <laughs> a nigga was a dope fiend. down there with a dope fiend bitch and a dope fiend nigga. They showed the whole video. I saw the nigga swallow dope. The white folk one line on that nigga. The nigga had fentanyl in the system. That's a dope fiend, ain't it? The nigga died with fentanyl in the system. And the best thing could have happened to him is for him to die. The nigga left his daughter 20 million. That nigga couldn't live to be a hundred years old. He wouldn't have been able to leave his daughter 20 million. He couldn't have never been able to leave his pretty little daughter 20 million. They done that baby a favor. He wasn't shit. The nigga was in and out of jail, the nigga kicked